0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible-carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, this is going to be an international episode of Same Old Song. The same old song, the NAFTA edition, because you—that's right. No, Canada has not yet been included. Maybe we'll get them in a in a recording at some point. But you are in Mexico City.
1: Yes, I am, and uh, it's interesting. We are recording in this episode, which will drop on the eve of the Feast of the Virgin Mary, and uh, I think in the next day or so we're going to go visit the Virgin of Guadalupe, Hidalgo. Well so which is in the basilica in mexico city and a very great miracle occurred there just to check it out you know yeah and i've been there as well and if it's, you want it's it.
0: pretty it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: you know and if anybody wants to know more about the virgin of mary the virgin mary they can go to soul of christianity podcast season one and listen to your episode where you talk about a protestant perspective on the virgin mary very good episode that's
0: oh uh, thanks jake for that shout out and to some of our uh mm-hmm. co-laborers in the vineyard of our lord uh at the uh in the 1517 1517 15, world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lutherans, but not too shabby if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time to So anyway, I mean, you're on you're kind of on sabbatical. Yeah. Um, you're you're in the land of uh, half of my genetic material.
1: Uh, and I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that uh, you've made some time to, to do this. So Well, absolutely. I'm on the I'm on the, the vitamin T diet here. <laughs> which is uh, uh, tacos, tortillas, and tequila. Ooh. And, uh, you know, and so it should be an interesting show. So uh, let's see uh, what happens. <laughs> our readings today are Jeremiah 23, 23 to 29, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, 29, 12 to 22, 12 to 2, excuse me, and then Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 56. Yes, and just to be clear, in case there was some doubt among our listeners, Jake
0: has not yet started the vitamin t diet today he just finished a run there's been no tequila mm. in the system except whatever's yeah. left over from last night
1: actually it's a great it's a great place to run and train because it's super high altitude you know we're running at 80 8500 feet so uh yeah it's plus no the doubt. smog i mean so, that just makes your lungs stronger <clears throat> Yeah, it's like running and smoking cigarettes at the same time. So, anyway, and the dogs chasing you is great, too. So, anyway, but... Uh, yeah, so um, let's get into the 10th Sunday of, after Pentecost. A lot of dogs in Mexico. There there but are. anyway, anyway, yeah, but anyway, it's part of the culture. So, uh, yeah, so come to this interesting passage of Jeremiah chapter 23, uh, where God opens up, and it's kind of an interesting key. You want to know who God is. begins to give you an insight with... Um, with essentially uh, four uh, rhetorical questions that all have their answer in a negative. He begins by saying, you know, am I a god? Uh, nearby or a god who's far off you know, who can hide from me and then do I not fill the heavens says the Lord um, uh, and uh, how long am I going to endure these prophets who uh, who give these false prophecies and uh, essentially kind of one of the things that's being articulated I think right here through the prophet Jeremiah is that um <clears throat> is that God is a, well, he's a God who is a, a, not simply a local God. That was a big thing then. And, uh, uh, you know, with local deities and deities tied to the land. Now, today we have the same thing, although it's not tied to uh, to a land. It's uh, the deity of, I personally feel that God is this or I personally feel that God is that, uh, apart from his revelation. And so, uh, we, may not have, uh, we may not have local gods, but we have gods of our feelings. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Yahweh here is telling Jeremiah that um, I am very close, but I am also transcendent and concerned with the whole entire creation. Uh, The other thing that he's saying is is that there is nowhere you can go to hide from me. You can't go to Europe. You can't go to Mexico. You can't go anywhere to hide from me because uh, God is the one, uh, third, who fills the heavens and the earth. And then uh, fourth, God allows false prophets to exist because God ultimately is in control and he knows that he always has a faithful remnant who speaks the truth and the truth is, is our total dependence upon Yahweh for all things. Yeah, and uh,
0: this is, so this is, a as Jake, you've on this, is a, a meaty passage with a lot going on. I think um, mm. it shows... That's where I would hit. And I think uh, it shows that there's a lot, um, there's a consistent thread that runs, begins in this passage and continues in the gospel passage, which we'll get to later for this 10th Sunday after Pentecost. And one of these ideas is God's, concern about false prophets, about corrupt and hypocritical religious leaders. Many people look at the state of the church today, and there's a a huge reckoning going on these days. You just have to open your Mm -hmm. newspaper to see news stories about clergy abuse and scandal and all of that. And uh, I think there is some divine reckoning going on there where God is bringing into light things that have been hidden in the dark. And as he says, Jesus says, there's nothing that's hidden that is not going to be Uh, brought into the light. And this, this is, but this is not a new problem. And this is something that Jeremiah is talking to, or God is telling Jeremiah to tell to the other, to to other prophets who are false prophets, um, that they are, I mean, they're lying in God's name. They're saying God has said this, but God has said nothing like that. And, uh, and he wants, God wants the hearts of the prophets to turn back. Um, But they are just in love with, the lies that they have, because it kind of makes them look good, and clearly um, there's there's this idolatrous thing going on where it's implied that when God asks, "Who can hide in secret places so I cannot see them?", that it's it's like these prophets are going into um, secret little religious shrines or something and offering sacrifices and prayers to foreign deities and pretending that no one can see them. And so, but I, what I would say about this is. It, you know, it's, it'd be easy to preach a sermon about hypocritical and false religious leaders, mm-hmm. um, which, though, will keep it at arm's length for your listeners. If we are Christians, we are all priests, we are all um, called into ministry, and while we may not have that as our profession or the way we make a living. We're all ministers, and we all have a touch of the false prophet about us. So, this passage, I think, in light of Christ, is not one where we say, look at those bad people over there, but it does hold a mirror up to ourselves. To be, I think, cautious about ways we are hiding in secret places and maybe ways we are deceiving ourselves and then, as a result, deceiving others. You know, the, I can quit anytime I want or... um uh my marriage isn't troubled we may fight from time to time but it's not that bad or you know um i don't have a problem with workaholism i just you know this job is just demanding i make time for my family all these little ways we deceive ourselves and deceive others around us this is hiding in secret places um and uh i don't need to go to therapy all these things and uh But this says God sees them. Now, if you're an Episcopalian, you begin every service with a prayer called the Colic for Purity, where you say, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. And that's what Jeremiah is saying. God sees everything. And this is not to scare people, though. Yes, God's word is like fire and a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces, which is how this passage ends. So there is that opening, that revealing that happens um, in light of this when you hold up the mirror. But the word is is Christ, and so as that rock is broken, that's a breaking in order to be made whole again. It's a death in order to come to resurrection. So, so I would it, that's where I would uh, land on this. Um, The human propensity to hide our secret sins and think that maybe God can't see them, but he does, and he wants to reveal them, not in order to shame and to punish, but to heal and bring wholeness. Hmm. Hemen. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Mm -hmm. so next passage is Hebrews 11, verse 29 through chapter 12, verse 2. So, we kind of go through, through the end of one chapter, beginning of another, and this is the famous... Hall of Faith all these examples of faithful people this great list of folks uh, Gideon Barak Samson jephthah Rahab all these folks and many unnamed saints who <coughs> went through some had victorious experiences some had the, more of the agony of defeat and uh, stone to death live in caves and holes and um, and then sort
1: of like the prophet before
0: us John yeah and I. then yeah you had to <laughs> also put his dirty underwear under a rock and then show it to people and say, this is you, um, which they love. They were super into that uh, visual aid. Uh, and then, uh, but it's the, the, the passage ends with this very famous verse. This is one of those memory verses. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, um, which is what we talk about when we think about All Saints Sunday and the communion of saints and all that. Um, but this is a passage that, at least in my faith, shaping years jake was kind of a bunch of law it was like look at all these great heroes of the faith be like them and at the end of the passage it says since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses all these great people on the cover of the the wheaties box of the lord uh let us Mm -hmm. lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let's run the race and look to jesus so it's sort of like don't be bad be good and, if you, and just look at all these people as, a, as an example. Collect their baseball cards, look at them so you can um, be like them. Uh, what would you say, Jacob Smith?
1: Um, well, I would say, you know, uh, in our culture today oftentimes, and the way it is often preached, is that faith looks a lot like winning. You know, and, uh, and I think one of the take-home passages, Take home ideas from this particular passage and uh, and and from Jeremiah as well. His entire life is that um, oftentimes uh, faith looks like a lot faith in God looks a lot like losing. Mm. Um, it looks like losing everything. It cannot be by what we see. It has to be by what we hear. And so, hence, the thing that we need to hear is the peace that God gives uh, is received by faith alone. Mm. Um, And, uh, and it opens our eyes then to kind of, it's not about being a champion, uh, but about in the midst of the hardships and failures of life, continually looking to the, to the promise, looking, these guys were looking ahead to the promise to be fulfilled. We've looked, we look backwards to the fulfillment. This is why our faith, the foundation is the prophets and the apostles with Christ being the chief cornerstone. Is that uh, we we look back to the fulfillment? We look back to Christ, uh, who is the enabling word, who enables us to shut off the dead weight of sin and guilt. You know, He's the uh, enabling word that enables us to confess that we're we're free and we've been forgiven. You know, and uh, allows us to live in a world divided uh, and uh, joyfully. I think on one level, embrace our places last in a lot of things in life. Mm. And so, um, I think that that's what it is, is that what we take away from this is that faith is not about winners so often, but faith is about uh, sometimes embracing the fact that we can be losers. Yeah, and and make no mistake, the people
0: who are listed are losers. Uh, even those who had mm-hmm. some victories, uh, like David, he also was a, had a life that was deeply conflicted and um Mm -hmm. exploitative rahab's a prostitute prostitute. david is an exploiter and a womanizer samuel also and also like a vain liar just narcissist um who kills a bunch of people in a giant murder suicide um
1: so (laughs) rahab rahab totally betrayed her entire city yeah and um, and she was spared because it's interesting she holds on a red cord, which is a bloodline. Mm-hmm. And in that scene from Joshua, that's a foreshadow of the apocalypse because the entire city is destroyed and there only remains uh, Rahab and Yeshua, Joshua and uh, and he blesses her and gives her peace and she's a part of now the line of David. but it uh, it, it oftentimes uh, looks a lot like losing. Yeah, so that's what I would say. So much of our ordinary life uh, lived um, is discouraging, and uh, and uh, you know the only thing we can do is fix our eyes on Jesus to carry us through death to life. Is that all you have, Jake? Is that all you have, Aaron? Yeah, that's all we yep. have. And so, but it's the good news of the gospel. And I think you know I
0: love what you said about how people see faith as like just this victorious thing, like standing on the winner's pedestal, um, the winner's circle, but. It's I, I love that the writer of this text includes not just people who had victories, but people who lived in caves, uh, were imprisoned and stoned yeah. to death. And um, uh, it, it just, I think, shows how hollow and flat so much spirituality is that... Wants to portray Christianity as just a path to self fulfillment and self actualization. So, uh, and I want to say one final thing about this passage, uh, which is how to understand this last little section here. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance, and etc. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, I was taught uh, to read this verse as. Kind of a a talisman against sin, and like a mm. verse that would inspire me uh, to to be um, a, a better, holier person. And so, um, just look at all the great cloud of witnesses. Look at look at the hall of faith, the hall of fame, um, and think, Gosh, I want to be like them. And then I would lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. So I would just stop sinning. I'd be so inspired by their example, and then I would be able to just Put my eyes on Jesus and be be a perfect uh, little Christian. And I think while the call to holiness is real and true, and I'm not seeking to undermine that at all, I think there's something else here. I think another way to understand this, where when he says, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, looking to Jesus and talks about the cross, what he's saying is not, a, it's not a simple be good, stop being bad, just stop sinning, just stop it. Like, that's sort of a facile thing to say. Um, And the passage is more complex because it lists all these people who, in some sense, were not able to stop sinning or, you know, they they were humans, so they would have times of righteousness and times of non-righteousness. So, I think I read this, I see this today as saying, let us also, when he says, lay aside every weight, is for you, reader and listener, um, to stop carrying the responsibility for our own sins in that Jesus has taken them, the burden has been taken off of our shoulders and put onto His, and so, we so often want to continue to beat ourselves up and carry the blame and carry the shame and carry all of that, Um, and He's saying, give it to Jesus, uh, let him take it. Let him uh, take your sin. Um, so this is not just a stop being bad, so you and be good. It's yeah. take, stop carrying the weight for that Jesus said He wants to carry for you. Uh, it's the judgment of mm-hmm. your sins that He wants to take away from you. Um, and so, anyways, well, that's that's, that's, a... that's what I would want to say about this This is not just a stop sinning passage, yeah. but it's a trust the gospel and stop carrying around the law like you have to be good that's to make right. God love you.
1: And, and preacher, never forget your job on a, a deep level is to impute to your congregation the righteousness of Jesus through your words. And so, I always think about that funny... Uh, article from The Onion, and it had, uh, um, I guess, Steph Curry, um, you know, the great basketball player for the um, Golden State Warriors. He uh, writes on his sneakers, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, or at least he used to do, you know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. In the um, Onion or Babylon B had an article one time and it was like Steph Curry disappointed to find out that St. Paul wrote that from a jail <laughs> cell instead of, a, instead of like a, a championship game. And, uh, and, and it's so true. And uh, St. Paul also, he writes to 2 Timothy these words and they tie into this epistle. But uh, he says, and this is written from a jail cell as well. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And you know, in the midst of that, you got to tell your vote, you're running a great race. Mm. There's a whole lot of crowns in this church today. And uh, you know, and so uh, not, hey, you better or else. But you are running the good race. God, you're in church for crying out loud. And so you know, keep do, keep, keep on, keeping on, as mm-hmm. they say. And so you know, but to impute to them that righteousness that only faith can give. God. Amen. Well, uh, now we come to. Well, that's a perfect segue right, right to, our to gospel the gospel reading. reading. Luke chapter uh, 12, verses 49 through 56. Now, this is, you know, when I when I read this passage about Jesus saying, you know, I've come not to bring peace but a sword and all of these things, I immediately uh, think of, um, uh, you know, that that show, The Different Strokes. I used to watch it religiously when I yeah, was a kid. Man. And there was that little boy, Arnold. What you talking about, Willis? And whenever his brother, yeah, whenever Willis would say something crazy, he'd be like, what you talking about, Willis? And uh, every time I read this particular passage out of context as the lecture, so prone to do, uh, one can't help but say, what you talking about, Jesus? You know, like, this is not hippie Jesus that, you know, I really like. This isn't Jesus, my homeboy. What is going on here? This is, uh, sounds like Jesus the judge. By the way, can I just say <clears throat> that a show about a very old,
0: extremely rich, white man adopting two black boys uh, in New York City... Can we just say that that show would not get made today? I'm pretty sure.
1: Not at all. Not at all. I think there's some issues
0: there. Anyways.
1: But remember, Aaron, remember, Aaron, and remember, dear listener, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. (laughs) (laughs) What might be right for you may not be right for takes
0: Different strokes it takes. Different strokes to move the world. I spent a lot of time with the Drummond family, I got to say.
1: I did too, boy. Anyways, I did too. We, we repent. We repent. Do you remember the, well. <laughs> let not. You remember the weird, Never. I'm not even going to get into that episode. A very special episode. of so different
0: strokes. <laughs> um, okay. And it, by the way, can we just also, it was different. D-I-F-F apostrophe R-E-N-T. It's like, we don't have time for three syllables in different. I don't know what that was about, but we're just going to, it's different so, strokes. But anyway, okay.
1: this is the what you're talking what about you talk, Jesus but, Yeah, passage. because he's,
0: he. you know, we expect Jesus to be like, kind of just very meek and very mild and, and Hey, Hey guys, hey guys be cool to be, love yeah. each other. Just love yeah. each other. Don't you guys like the Beatles too? What's your favorite album? I like, I like, um, yellow submarine. What about
1: you guys? This, this is why I get like irritated sometimes when I go to like, <clears throat> well, when I go to like church gatherings and someone will stand up and just say, you know, randomly, you know, like, remember Jesus's message was a message of love. Uh, well, that's, Sort of. It's not the whole story, though. <laughs> and um, Jake the, the stands the up like Macho Man Randy Savage, and he's like, <laughs> "Need a little excitement? Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> so I always to say, "What you talking about, Shirley?" <laughs> or "What you talking about, Karen?" When they like you, you know, people because this is this is really what a you message talking about, about Bob. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get back on track. Um, uh, let's, uh, here we go. Like, th- what this is, is, especially in light, it is, it, is, it is false prophets. The message of false prophets is, hey, I'm okay, you're okay, God don't make no junk. No, that is not the message of, of Jesus, and that's not the message of the gospel that you're okay and I'm okay. The message of the gospel is repent for the kingdom of God has come near you. Um, and the kingdom of God being embodied in Jesus. And the way this particular passage needs to be understood and needs to be preached is in light of everything going on in chapter 12 and uh, what we've been covering over the last uh, several weeks, especially specifically last week, the parable of the man who stores up his wealth and builds bigger barns. You fool, your life is dependent of you tonight. Uh, This is about uh, the distinction between the world's peace and the peace that Jesus offers, the peace that you earn versus the peace that he gives you by faith for free.
0: Yeah, and he's, uh, this, the, the conflict that Jesus has been stirring up, um, the, the division that he has brought is, uh, because he continues to call out Again, like Jeremiah did, false preachers, false prophets. This is part of an ongoing, long conversation and conflicted conversation that Jesus is having with Pharisees who want to tie up heavy burdens and put them on people's backs. They they want to do the opposite of Hebrews passage, which calls us to take that weight off of our back and give it to Jesus, the one who can deal with it. But instead, false prophets Mm -hmm. want to add heavier and heavier burdens onto people's shoulders. Do more, be more positive, uh, be uh, more holy. uh, Be a better athlete. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, All the law. Just be
1: okay, just be okay. If you've ever been to a church that just made
0: you feel worse about yourself every time you you went. Um, That's the kind of thing Jesus has been criticizing. But the forces of power in the religious organization of his day are not uh, excited about his message. And so, he's bringing division, and he acknowledges quite openly and honestly that this division affects families. And that is true today, that was true then. Um, When somebody comes in and speaks truth about um, the, the corruption in the church and the corruption in the human heart and how he wants to um, uh, address that and wants to um, bring judgment. That's what he talks about, bringing fire, and that's judgment. That's that, as as Jeremiah said at the beginning, the word is fire it, and it's a hammer that breaks rocks. This is what Jesus is coming to do, but he's doing it in order to bring new life. He is breaking in order to, to rebuild. He is going to die in order to uh, rise from the dead, and so uh, he says, "This is this division is coming, and it's a necessary division because he's telling the truth. And there are people that want to hear the truth. And there's people that don't want to hear the truth. So I think well, that you know the 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 message that that we preach, Jake, which is simply the message of the gospel." Uh, that Jesus Christ is the friend of sinners and he is very honest about the human problem but then is uh, just extravagant in his grace and his forgiveness of it. That is a message that can cause division because like you said, there's some people that resent the idea that human beings are sinful uh, and so they don't like that part of the message or they resent the idea that we talk about forgiveness for sins because we're letting people get away with whatever Um, and this is the division that Jesus brings but it is, it's... It's, and it's not something that we try to do, but it is what happens when you preach truth. Jesus doesn't mm-hmm. come in order – like, he doesn't enjoy just stirring it up. He's not like, uh, you know, uh, in in uh, um, Umbrella Academy Season 4 where – two of the characters go into a bar to just start a fight because they want it, it's better than therapy, it just makes them, that's not Jesus, that's not why he stirs up division. He stirs up division because it's almost a natural consequence when somebody
1: starts speaking the
0: truth to people who don't want to hear it, it creates
1: conflict. Mm, Absolutely, I love that uh, story and I think I've shared it on Same Old Song, I only have about 12 stories and... um, but it's about the, the, the great, the Hindu prince who converted to Christianity, and um, his father was so upset by the whole thing that uh, he made him, he declared him a Dalit, which was a, an untouchable class. And the missionaries were kind of blown away by this, and, uh, and they were like, why, why would you do such a thing? They asked this Hindu prince who was stripped of everything and became an untouchable. And he said, because how can I uh, believe in immortal gods with mortal characteristics? I need an immortal God with immortal characteristics. Mm. And um, and uh, and indeed, this peace that passes all understanding, that comes by way of a word that says your sins are forgiven and that you've been made righteous and you've been given a crown despite what you see, um, is insane. It's otherworldly. And uh, it's there in their very midst. And this is why he begins to speak about the signs like, the, it's going to rain and the south wind blowing, and you say there's going to be scorching heat. Here he is in their very midst, and these are our miracles as well. He's been uh, giving sight to the blind, the deaf are hearing, the lame are speaking, uh, and uh, and uh, uh, the uh, people are getting uh, the lame are walking, and the the mute are beginning to speak, and uh, you know uh, prisoners are having freedom preached to them. Uh, the, the, there are all sorts of things happening, and he's like, I am in your very midst, and you have no idea what's going on. So, wake up and smell the coffee. Don't end on that yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But end, on the, but end on this note, is that we too have been given tokens, tokens of our justification. Uh, water, where we've been buried with Christ and given the promise that we'll be raised with him, tokens, bread and wine that say this is his body broken for you, his blood shed for you. Uh, You've been given these signs as well, that you've been given a peace that passes all understanding and that while the world may be divided from you, you've been united to the one God who's everywhere but is also as the prophet Jeremiah says, very, very near. Yeah, and if, and you know, if you are in a liturgical church that
0: has communion every Sunday, you can absolutely land this plane right there and say um, mm-hmm. that, you know, with the writer of Hebrews, the way we look to Jesus as we come to receive that bread and that wine, um, and uh, that's how we lay aside the weight and the sin. We receive His forgiveness, um, and uh, which is what, all these passages sort of are about calling us not to not to just try harder to be better, but calling us to give up our own projects of righteousness and our own projects of sanctification, and to just receive the the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Well, well, that ends our first, uh, yeah, episode. our first NAFTA edition of same old song, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week. And by the way, illustrations and examples, as you preach whatever you preach, you can and make sure you uh, hone in to where people are really living right now, which in the middle of August means they're they're hot, they're tired, kids are going back to school, vacation time is ending. And everybody's kind of feeling that that sort of like, can you believe it's almost fall? That's the energy in your congregation. So if you want to speak to that, go right ahead. And uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. See you guys next week. All right. Somebody-